0: On Halloween, deciding I actually was Nala and I was gonna scratch all the children. So these, yeah, I get. (laughs) They're like, she's great at characters. Amazing (laughs) acting. Yeah. Please cut her nails for tomorrow. Thank (laughs) you. (laughs) Children
1: are scarred. Welcome to Burning.
0: Oh, I am so excited when I have hysterical people on the pod, and this one's a special one. We are going to hell today with Kelsey Cook. I was on her pod a while ago, all the way out in Los Angeles, and she has a new special out on TV, Friday, February 26th, called Unprotected Sets on Epics, which is going to be epic. Kelsey Cook, welcome to hell. Welcome to hell. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited. You've actually been at the top of my list of like cool girl comics to reach out to. But like sometimes, you know, I'm like, she's she just looks really busy. I feel like none of us are really that busy right now.
1: I feel like the amount of podcasts that everybody's been able to say (laughs) yes to in the past year is it's almost (laughs) embarrassing. It's It's kind of embarrassing. Like, you know how if you go on Apple and you can see if you click on a guest, you can see all the other podcasts they've done. (laughs) The amount that I have said yes to it's it's like what else is she doing but (laughs) also you can just like
0: see someone's mental health spiral through the podcast like one week i'm just like harping on like one specific issue that no one cares about and the next day like my mom pissed me off in some way and i just talk about like how she pissed me off and making oatmeal like there's nothing to talk about so i don't even know how we're doing this much content but i'm proud of us
1: especially in the beginning with quarantine it's like you'll say yes to doing a podcast just to have a fucking conversation with somebody you're (laughs) like that sounds like a lovely 12 o'clock. Like, let's just catch up and put it on the internet. I'm not the
0: most social person, even though it might look like it at times. But to get out of your own head, even if you don't want to, talking to someone will always, even if it makes you, you know, worse, at least you're different than before. At least you're not just in that alone space <laughs> on your couch. Now you're pissed off about something else, but at least it's not your own head, you know? At least there's anyway, a change. yeah. <laughs> you have a very interesting life. You have a very interesting history. You have a different a very interesting skill set. You're quite fascinating because if someone just looks at you, you kind of, you know, look like a Barbie doll. And then you're like, wait, I have... You're welcome. Wait, I am way more nuanced than that. But you're also an extremely successful stand-up. I mean, you've been on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, A Little Late with Lily Singh. You've been on TV appearances. But my personal favorite thing that you do is... Well, you're a professional foosball player. And you have, like, a TV show where you just rock comics a lot of male (laughs) comics who come on and don't know you're a professional foosball player so please give me the details
1: on how you even got to play foosball yeah so um my parents met playing in a professional foosball tournament it's the foundation of my life like i literally (laughs) would not exist without it which is so sad but yeah that's how they met and um then they had me and they had my brother and they There's pictures of me playing when I am must be two years old, standing on a stool so I could be tall enough to see the top of the foosball table and like my hands or my mom's hands on my hands helping me to play. So they've been teaching me how to play my whole life.
0: Were they trying to make you like a great foosball player or was it a hobby? Oh, no, they were like, this bitch is going to win titles.
1: (laughs) I mean, it was it, it was a hobby for them in the sense that they both had actual careers but they it was a huge part of their lives and still is they didn't meet drunk at a frat
0: party foosball like they met at a foosball okay wait so they're both professional foosball
1: players but you're also one of them's a yo-yo champion yeah so they so back in like the 80s foosball was going it was exploding and so there were these huge tournaments throughout the country and there are still really big tournaments now it's just been so slow because of covid but um Mm so people would go travel around the country and play in all these tournaments. And so my parents met at one of those, but it, my mom is now, she's a retired high school teacher. And my dad is a trumpet player in a symphony, but that was a huge part of their lives. And my mom is, she's in the Foosball Hall of Fame. Like- oh
0: my God, I have, but I have so much respect for that. Like that's fucking awesome. To become really good at anything requires so much skill, even if it's like basket weaving. 100 <laughs> percent exactly Even doing your nails like regardless of anything tiny things but foosball it's so funny because it's such like a hobby drunk blackout get into fights for no reason sport exactly what do you have to do to be really good at foosball like what are some qualities a person typically has
1: great hand-eye coordination because it's funny you're talking about it, that most people think of foosball in that fratty sense for you it's yes. just like a shitty bar game whatever but when you're <laughs> playing at a, a league level it people go watch it, if you want to go just see the best people watching, go to one of the tournaments in Vegas. Mm-hmm. People's brains fall out of their assholes because they cannot <laughs> believe that you can play at that level. Because most people just walk up to a table start spinning the rods. Mm-hmm. It just is chaos. Mm-hmm. But in league play, you there's no spinning. Um, there are time limits on each rod. There mm-hmm. are specific passes, specific shots certain ways to set up your defense and so to be good you you have to put in so many hours and you have to practice like your wall passes and your lane passes and then you're you have to find what your favorite shot there is there are and things that. to
0: perfect that like people didn't even know was a thing but I feel exactly. very connected to you because you you are not only a comedian but you're also extremely athletic and um Thank you. like I played on the boys tennis team in high school because our team didn't have a girls team i ended up like oh winning the God. new york state championships that. and stuff that's so cool but there was a lot of controversy because i'd be on the court and i'd win but it's, it's it was a high school like i was playing actual national international tournaments but it was a fun high school thing to do in the meantime yeah. so when i was playing these kids who like smoke weed and play during the summer i'm like if i lose to this guy i will like freak out but the guys would lose to you and they're like it's a lose-lose situation I'm like I actually feel a lot of pressure because if I lose to you my dad's gonna yell at me but (laughs) but they basically were like this isn't fair that the girl's in the court but when it's not a physical match like when it's not like a sport that involves like pushing or you know like basketball you have to like post up it's like it's very mental so when you came up with the idea like are you playing against guys or is it like co-ed what's the situation with that
1: okay So at a major tournament, there are all these different events. And so it depends what you enter into. If you enter into something like mixed doubles, you are Mm -hmm. going into the event with a partner of the opposite gender and you're playing a team that is also, you know, one of each gender. And uh, then there are like women's singles or open doubles. So it kind of depends what it is. But if you get into an open event, it's kind of like what you're talking about with tennis you'll be up against dudes and, um, you know, that it is kind of extra fun to to be What's
0: a guy. You're basically the queen's gambit, but for foosball. Yeah. <laughs> so you come yeah. up with Wrist of Fury, which I fucking love because there's nothing better than embarrassing male comics. <laughs> they had the, the egos. I mean, all comics, you know,
1: there's a we certain level egos. of ego for sure, but like male comedians, especially... I think have a, a certain confidence that can be applied to anything where it's even if it's, even if they know they're not good at foosball and know that I've been playing my whole life, you still can get the vibe sometimes that they walk in going, but I bet I can beat her. See, that makes me, I don't want to get upset over that, but it makes
0: me so mad. Cause it happens all the time where guys are like, Oh, my friend played in high school. You guys should hit some time. And I'm like, bro, have some respect for my sport. <laughs> yeah. Like, have some, resp- or someone will like hit with me and be like, you know, one day I'll beat you. And I'm like, again, that pissed me off too. Like, I don't go yes. and play a professional baseball player and like fuck around and go, you know, if I trained for two years, I think I'd beat you. Like, shut the fuck up. i But I get too mad about it. Like, I definitely need to talk to a therapist about it. But I, like, I want to fight people. I, I once like, got into to fight yeah. with this football player at Wisconsin because I played for University of Wisconsin. He's like, oh, I could put tennis. I go, you literally push people around. That's your technique, pushing. I have to actually have skills of hitting a ball. You will never be able to hit the ball ever as good as me where I can push with the same technique that you push. I just need to get bigger. And if I was a dude, I'd fuck your shit up in football. And we like got into a big fight about <laughs> <laughs> oh but again it's probably just my ego just years of repressed rage like coming out <laughs> in this one moment and it's like maybe i shouldn't fight with like a 280 pound football player right but risk fury but what are what some mean. what are some funny situations you, you've gotten into because do they know how good you are when you play
1: it, it depends it depends who's coming on the show and if they've done any research ahead yeah. of time i mean early on so the cocky are, ones I, won't the cocky the ones cocky They're ones rolling it. no 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 <laughs> I think there's probably, I think there's 23 episodes out right now. They're all on YouTube. And early on, when people would come on and the show hadn't really been out for long, that's when I think you would get more people that didn't really understand how, uh, like, how long I'd been playing. Mm-hmm. And then later on, there'd be comics that come on and be like, well, I've, you know, I've seen the last couple episodes and I'm, I'm a little afraid, but I also feel like maybe <laughs> I have a chance, or whatever, you know, that whole thing. But yeah, it is it is really fun. To um, put these dudes in situations where the punishment is going to be so extreme, like my still my favorite punishment on the show has been that I got to wax Steve and Azizi's chest into the letter <laughs> K for Kelsey, and you know there it's just I it's there's something in me that when I watch them if if they can even score like one goal mm-hmm. they get this light in their eyes where they're like yeah I can a do bit it and then I love just like. <laughs>
0: i've watched it because sometimes like people will it's it's hard to probably play someone so bad because they do weird shit that you wouldn't it's they're like not playing the right way so occasionally I, they probably have lucky yeah. shots yeah i play ping pong where i'm not i'm not that good but like i'll beat all the male comics <laughs> but occasionally yes. you know they could like hit something crazy and it's like okay good shot but um it is funny to just crush that little bit of hope when they see it but i do think it's good for feminism overall so i'm proud of you
1: Thank you. And you know, I appreciate that you can relate to um, it. Like if you were to step on a tennis court and play somebody who's not very good, it kind of limits how good you're able to play as well. It puts a lid on it, right? Because if somebody's not hitting a volley back to you at the speed, the accuracy that you're used to, then you're adjusting to this weird, almost like JV middle school sort of play. (laughs) And it's the same on Rits of Fury where sometimes – I've, I've seen a couple comments where people are like I mean she's not that good and like it makes me so mad because can't look at the comment. there, there at are them. times where you can't play at your normal like a league level of play if the person you're playing with is kind of Kelsey a thousand percent they say that
0: like <laughs> the playing someone who's worse lowers your level and playing someone who's better yes. increases it and I have this thing where like my current boyfriend is obsessed with tennis so he makes me play with his like beginner friends but then I feel like I'm kind of like I have to show off and be like incredible the whole time when they're literally yeah. hitting me like ch- not even tennis shots like I don't even know what that yeah. was they're like <laughs> they're like- way <laughs> high in the sky and come back and down they're and they are like dr- okay. drop shot serves and then like you're spacing out too and then like yeah. you'll lose a point because of your partner and they get mad at you and you're like I'm not like, leave me alone. So I totally understand. It's just hard out here, you know. It's <laughs> it's hard out here being so good at something. But then, I mean, I I put pressure on yeah. myself all the time when I have to play with, like, people who aren't that good to be like, okay, I need to, like, be spectacular this whole time so they've, they're they really happy that they played yes. with me. But
1: Well, and that's it, too, is that the premise of the show is that I am supposed to beat the shit out of these people. And yeah. so, like, if they get a weird goal in on me... Not only do I hate it, because I'm just so competitive, but and I'm also filmed. like, it's filmed and I don't want people being like, oh, well, I bet I could beat her. It's just like, Oof. It, it's, it's a lot of pressure, you know?
0: You also are good at basketball. What other sports are you playing? Because I've I've like seen, I can tell talent when I see it. <laughs> what Thank sports you. are you currently playing? Or you did I, play?
1: My parents put me into sports really young. And so I've played um, basketball and volleyball Primarily my whole life. I, I played cool. soccer for eight years but stopped before high school. But, like, basketball and volleyball were the two big ones. And then I also – I really loved tennis, um, but I wasn't oh. playing, like, um, consistently enough to yeah, be, tennis-
0: like – you can't, like, take the season off, like, with soccer or some no, other sports. No, I've been amazed at your
1: videos. I'm like, holy shit. You know, oh my God. It's, it's really cool to watch. But, yeah. I saw you hit a three-pointer, and I was like,
0: okay, we're picking her on my team if I ever get in a weird situation. <laughs> the, the comic, there is a fun, like, um, basketball, like, New York comedy club thing where the, all the comics play basketball and then some of them like announce it so it's pretty funny because they're like what the fuck was that <laughs> and they're all out of shape so like we need to get in on that game at some time I'm pretty that good at basketball but I have tiny one. hands um <laughs>
1: I mean I have big palms and
0: like nubby fingers good for holding a racket or a penis but that's about it (laughs) you have a little you have longer fingers
1: I have small hands but I have freakishly long arms I actually have been starting to do a bit about it on stage that I don't know if you had this happen at your like at your junior high or whatever but I (laughs) we had a dress code that girls couldn't wear shorts that were longer or or that were shorter than the length of their fingers to their sides right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I remember I put my hands to my sides in sixth grade and looked down and was like Oh no! Like I don't have to wear men's jinko jeans to not get expelled. I mean, like I'm not whatever that whole thing is where it's like, oh, your height is always your wingspan. No, nope. I'm only 5'4 nope. and my wingspan is fucking crazy. Like I don't know why <laughs> I have very so weird... you have the ratio of a professional basketball player, <laughs> which is incredible. <laughs> I have oddly long arms. So anyway, so yeah. growing
0: up super competitive, how mm-hmm. has that like? benefited or hurt your mental health oh
1: what a question that's a great
0: question (laughs) as someone who's very competitive and knows my answer
1: yes um I think over the years I've been doing stand-up for 11 years and I've tried to figure out this balance all the time of basically being a competitive perfectionist with myself where Mm. I think it serves me well in certain ways because I push myself really hard. I don't accept a shitty result from mm-hmm. myself. I, tr- I really, really tr- do everything I can to like, try and show up and, and, and be my best. But I also am so hard on myself that there are times where I can't enjoy certain accomplishments because mm-hmm. I just pick it apart and go, that could have been better. You could have done that differently. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's-
0: I've, I've won tournaments holding the trophy crying. Cause I'm like, my coach and I were like, got in a fight about how I was, didn't play well. And I'm just like, I can't, I can't, I can't, ah. and everyone's like, what, honey, are you
1: good? I, yeah, that's so, I love but, that you could appreciate that. Cause yeah, it's,
0: it's, it's yeah. it is a high, there's a high to competing, but it's weird because yeah. they always say like, you don't want it to be too many highs and lows. Right. And you just kind of want to enjoy the journey because then it gets to the point, too, where like the highs aren't, you know, you're not getting the same high. Like by the time I was in college, if I won, I felt nothing. It's like, thank God I I needed to win. And if I lost, it was like this month is done.
1: (laughs) It's almost like maintaining like the amount of heroin. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Which is graphic. But you have this incredible podcast with Delaney and Taylor Tomlinson
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: you guys, it's called the Self-Helpless Podcast. So you guys really have delved into mental health. What is your experiences with anxiety, depression? If you could just give me a little lens into that.
1: Yeah, um, I feel like I've been a pretty anxious person my entire life. I, I can look back on memories of even elementary school and stuff like that and just being a very anxious child um the fir- this is told to my dad during a parent teacher conference in first grade <laughs> and um apparently on the first day of first grade it was like a new school for me and I had I just would cling to like, like parent figures and mm-hmm. so my first grade teacher was so sweet and um the first day Felt this like bond with her. I was like, okay, this is kind of my substitute parent for the day. Mm -hmm. And they let the kids out for recess. And my teacher told my dad at a parent-teacher conference that she let the kids out for recess, turned to walk away down the hall. And then she felt this like tug on her skirt and looked down. And I just was like excuse me um exactly where are you going <laughs> and <laughs> she was like oh this small child like does not understand She's like that- we got
0: a clinger we got a, clinger, we got on a her. clinger like
1: didn't understand that it was safe that I, like I could be away from her um mm. so yeah things like that that uh, obviously the rest of the kids were like cool dope gonna go <laughs>
0: didn't even think twice
1: yeah didn't even think twice and i was very concerned that i was not going to be able to see her again and didn't know what i was going to do and you know also it's first first day of first grade you don't yeah. know anybody yet we all have those um, stories
0: of yeah like me crying when my mom left and then on halloween deciding i actually was nala and i was going to scratch all the children so these yeah oh, I get. I, <laughs> wow. they're like she's great at characters amazing at characters. <laughs>
1: yeah
0: please cut her nails yeah. for tomorrow thank
1: you <laughs> children are scarred permanently yeah um but yeah I, I think I've been anxious for a long time
0: with competition and anxiety it's funny because anxiety like can drive you so much to yeah. be better but it's like do you ever feel like if you're not winning you're not enough or do you ever feel like everything in your life is kind of a game that you have to win I'm just throwing stuff at you that I've yes. experienced
1: <laughs> yeah 100% it's again it's kind of like what we were saying before about where do you draw that line it is hard to not turn everything into a competition especially in this business that is not only so competitive but with social media now we -hmm. are all literally quantified our it's put into a number with our followers how popular you are and so it's really sick it's so sick
0: and it creates this hierarchy that's actually really unhealthy like yeah. with the trolls at the bottom trying to like tear down the ones on top because they're not like humans anymore and then yeah it's just become sick i didn't read the full article yeah. about the hierarchy clearly that i was talking about but <laughs> you get the
1: point <laughs> we just we just did an episode of self Helpless about living a more public life and mm just the assumptions people make and the um the entitlement Mm -hmm. that people have i I watch a lot of youtube beauty videos and i was talking about on the episode that there's this girl who um kind of took a took a break from posting videos for a couple months Mm
0: -hmm. and she started
1: to get all this hate from people that are like oh like looks like you're too good for us to post videos and basically calling her lazy and entitled Mm -hmm. and then she posted um that her dad had passed away Mm-hmm. And like that is the sort of just it's so sick how yeah. people and by the way like YouTube is free you know what I mean like these people are watching for fucking free she like they don't owe
0: you anything but this is the fucked up part all the abuse and the bullying it's abuse what people do online yeah then when she finally explains what happened it doesn't take away the abuse that everyone they're just like oh sorry we didn't know and I even I watched this Netflix documentary about this hotel murder or the hotel mm-hmm. death, about this girl who disappeared at the hotel, and these online sleuths decided to like try to find who did it. And they found this one guy staying at the hotel who was like a metal rapper, or metal rock star, and he would um, talk about death all the time. And they d- were convinced it was him, and they spread this whole thing that like, you killed her, you killed her, and like hundreds, like thousands of people were just on his page, you killed this girl. And turns out she committed suicide, it was, it was proven and then they interviewed him on it and he was like no one said sorry to me once like he's like i quit music he's like i have ptsd from it i couldn't go anywhere like so you like even sorry clearly i'm strong on this but even the britney thing like these People are oh, like, yeah. How dare you treat Britney so bad? But then you scroll their timeline and it's them spreading rumors about other celebrities and taking them down.
1: And it's like, right. I I just I don't even know. It's horrifying. We talked about the Britney um documentary on the the recent episode of Self Helpless Too, and mm-hmm. that is just such an intense example of like how somebody's life can really be just picked apart <laughs> to the point where, you know, it's that Lady Gaga quote where fame is a prison. It's just It's just crazy
0: yeah you're like i want fame but now i'm like maybe just a certain amount of fame and then i move to (laughs) live with some goats yes (laughs) there's a point it's like more money more problems like there's a point when you make a certain amount of money where it actually is problems and maybe
1: it's that with fame too dan cummins has a great podcast called time suck and i was just talking to him about i think sometimes you get a certain period of time into doing stand-up and you lose sight of why you started Mm -hmm. in the first place and what the ultimate goal is and we were talking about that one of the biggest goals is just to have fans that love your comedy and want to come out to shows. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's indicative of like that you are getting recognized on the streets all the time or have to live this crazy life. And it's that's kind of a good reminder. Like you said, it's like, OK, what are what are we trying
0: to get? <laughs> like, how famous do you actually want to aim yeah. for? It's funny, yeah. too, because. I've heard comics also say that in their, like like older comics, in their height of fame, that during that time they were getting obviously the most hate, so they actually felt their worst. Wow. So, so it's like, and they wish that during that time they just heard the positivity. But it's like, when you're doing well, obviously the, the haters are going to come out. Yeah. But also, I want to know your journey into stand-up as, they say a lot of comics are either addicts or athletes or both yeah. <laughs> so do, do you yeah. agree with that or like how do you think you have used your competitive mindset and your athletic past into being a stand-up comic
1: yeah that's I haven't heard that before but as soon as you said that I just did like a rolodex scroll in my brain of comedians and I was like addict addict athlete addict athlete and I was like oh yeah. <laughs> addict. The athlete, addict, yeah that makes sense um I've been pretty fortunate to not have issues with addiction. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess in a stereotypical sense, I probably am addicted to anxiety, (laughs) Um, but not not so much to substances. But um, I think my athletic background made me look at pursuing comedy the same way I have with sports, where it's like, well, I want... I, I want to be the best that I can be at this. And so I'm going to take it really seriously. Yeah, And I think that's probably, I just go, whatever it is, I go really, really hard into it. So I started when I was and in we college. We love that. We love that we, hustle. We love the hustle. Um, yeah. I started when I was in college and then after I graduated, I went to the Seattle scene for a few years there. And then, um, Went to LA and shortly after moving to LA, I ended up meeting Jim Norton and asked if he ever needed an opener. And I did one weekend with him that went well. And like the next week, his manager sent me the rest of the dates for the year. And I just remember like crying at my receptionist (gasps) desk, (laughs) being like,
0: oh my God, you know. I also love that you had the balls to be like, hey, if you ever need an opener, like that's intimidating to go up to someone who's so established and just be
1: like, pick me. Yeah, well, I had him, um, I used to have a different podcast before Self Helpless, and Jim had tweeted that he was coming to LA to promote his special, and he asked his followers, like, what podcast should I do? And some of my listeners at the time were tweeting at me, like, oh, try and get him on, try and get him on. And I I didn't, he and I didn't know each other at the time, and so at first I was like, I'm not gonna, I don't want to just be one of, like, 35 comics suckling out his teat to be like, can you name <laughs> And so I was like, no, no, no. And then, I don't know, it just kind of hit me. I was like, well, I've got nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. Like, why don't I just send an email? And I, within, I don't know, an hour or two got a response that he would do the podcast. I was shocked. And then um, we hit it off. And that's, that was when I asked him was after the yeah. um, podcast recording. I just was like, hey, you know, you ever need somebody? would love to work with you sometime and um it changed my life i feel like that's always a good lesson of if it's a situation where you've got nothing to lose yep. just do it because that yep. e- sending that email in that moment completely changed the course of my career he made it possible wow. for me to do stand-up full-time and mm-hmm. then in those three years of touring is when i um had done a couple tv things and stuff like that and then was able to transition to headlining but but it also it's it took
0: you believing in yourself though to be like i I deserve to have him on my pod. Like it's, I know it'll be a good episode. I know that it'll be a good experience for him. And you did believe in yourself. And also there's a way, there's like a way of asking too. Like, it's not like putting, putting them on the spot. Like, can I do it? It's literally just like planting a seed in their head. Cause think about like when people ask you stuff, it's like all you're giving is, I'm giving you an option, and they will make right. the decision. And you don't have to be pushy about it. You don't have to be annoying. Really, people right. just want to work with people they like and who they right. know are like hustling. You know, yeah. Um, <laughs> so you you get successful, but you got you got married kind of young. Can we delve into that a little bit?
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I um, I met my ex husband when I was 22.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: um, we were together for eight years and then um, got divorced a week before COVID hit without realizing that COVID was about to be the thing that it was. Um, So, yeah, it's um, definitely been like an interesting (laughs) journey to say the least. Um, I didn't anticipate meeting somebody like him when I was 22. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I've talked so much on this episode about like, being ambitious and wanting so yes. much for career stuff. And so I kind of thought I was going to be just only focusing on that in my twenties, but, um, met him and fell in love. And, um, yeah. It's funny how but love
0: doesn't care about timelines. at love all. Love does not care about
1: timelines. Love yeah, actually prefers not. to fuck up timelines.
0: <laughs> Real
1: big fan. Of yeah. doing that, yeah. um, Where'd you guys meet? We met at an open mic, um, cool. in, uh, over in the Seattle area and we're really lucky that we are still um like friends we still have so much love for each other and because mm-hmm. they they become your family you know mm-hmm. it's so different than just like some breakup after like a flash in the pan thing it's it's mm-hmm. if you have somebody in your life for eight years it, it's they're so your different. person yeah, yeah,
0: family. I I said this to you briefly before on the pod, but I was just saying that I was proud of you. And that like when I hear someone gets a divorce, you know, like it must have been so hard. But it's like that person clearly made a choice that they wanted something different for their life, and that they wanted to find a different kind of happiness. So it's like right. you not only have to acknowledge the reality of your situation. That clearly, if you could survive it for eight years, it's not like you can't do it longer necessarily.
1: Totally. It's sometimes
0: not as black as and white to be like, I need to get in into a different situation.
1: 100, I feel like very rarely is something completely black and white just when you're yeah. talking about humans in general and relationships. It's often so, so Complex. much gray area and like God, you think of relationships um, that you hear like publicly, like celebrity relationships that mm-hmm. end horribly and all these horrible accounts of, of what happened. But you can see that maybe some of those people stayed for a while because it's like, well, they initially, they have love for them. You know, they were in love with that person. It's not just like one day somebody is completely evil to you and mm-hmm. whatever. It's It's always... It's always hard. Yeah.
0: I mean, obviously the it's fun to find out he has like a different family in Florida, but <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. all those celebrity stories
0: where you're like, oh shit. Wow. That was a really, yeah, exactly. You're like, I can't wait for a Netflix documentary on this one. It's like he, she found, you know, another woman's body in a basement. But I do right. think that you getting divorced before the pandemic hit is fun because most people did it during the pandemic and you're like, I'm ahead of the game.
1: <laughs> you're Beat like, I'm, not,
0: a I'm a trendsetter. Yeah. Also, I'm thinking about it in terms of content as we do. Like you had such a, like you, the fact, first of all, that you blew up already married. That's awesome because all my shit was immediate. Just like being single. It's so, it's so painful <laughs> in general, just to come right. up with those like sad alone mid-20s emotions um, right. but you already had like a stable relationship so you had to actually come up with more creative stuff but now it's like I can't imagine the emotions that you're going through of being single in your 30s probably have not delved into dating apps in, in any extent I haven't had right. to deal with the fuck boy phenomenon necessarily <laughs> like are you right. okay
1: like what is happening in your brain right now it's interesting I used to see my friends be on dating apps when I was in my relationship and be like oh my god that sounds it sounds so overwhelming so many different people out there um, I've only like it kind of dabbled with one of the dating apps and it's such a weird phenomenon to be swiping through people because after a while people just become like clumps of teeth and eyebrows and chins <laughs> and your brain just like doesn't even compute why you're even on there anymore. and if you look at them
0: too long straight up you're like i don't even know if this is a human anymore like i can't tell if Who he's attractive is not attractive you can right? convince yourself anything by looking at a photo
1: absolutely it's good or bad yeah good or bad i've been i was just talking with a friend about this that going on if you go on a date and you know immediately you don't have a connection you know that always kind of sucks and you're like oh, whatever but what i think is even harder is if you actually like somebody hmm And then you realize that you're going to, as long as you keep liking them, you're going to have to keep investing time and energy into seeing if they're not like a sociopath. But in that process, you, it is you who is part of that, like investing of time. And it's like, I wish that there was a way, you know how people used to send canaries into coal mines to see if they would die. I'm like, I wish there was a way you could do that so that you don't like waste your time and like waste your energy oh my god it's like
0: i said before that relationships or like movies and like i wish i could just watch the trailer before i buy the ticket like just give me a little brief synopsis of what this is gonna be (laughs) but this is what it is what you explained is why people have emotional walls up like i had a tough relationship and then i went on reality tv with like the biggest emotional wall up because i'm like oh my i'll see things but you don't want to delve basically once i realized that if you're with someone who's not healthy for your mental state your mental state suffers like beyond it like you can get in depression anxiety so I basically was like all I care about is my mental state so then eventually naturally someone's just going to fight their way in and it'll work but it is when you're just throwing yourself and your heart into these random people that like you don't know that's why I really preach like do not you don't it's you can have the hormones and whatever, but like you don't like him, you don't know him, you don't know his heart. You were both right. faking it at least the first three weeks to be like easy to be around. Like let's be right. honest. So, <laughs> but but it's funny because right you went from like you lived the the cookie cutter like got married young, but you still had your career a hundred percent. But now it's like, how does does it change? Are you excited that you feel like you? don't have a relationship to worry about right now? Or do you feel like, oh, um, I want to get started on a new one? Where are you emotionally with that?
1: I'm really enjoying just focusing on myself. And I, I'm i so fortunate to have like the best friends. I love mm. my friends so much and I love my family so much. And I, I've just been having like a great time with them.
0: Because you're single for the first time in forever during the yeah. most lonely time in human history but i, I yes. mean maybe yeah. not human history we don't know the extent of that but i do think that having those friends is so essential and having that like female energy coming in that with like emotional you know awareness
1: <laughs> i think it's easy if you're in um if you're in a long relationship in order to have one especially if you're living together you you change you Mold together in ways to create this relationship, mm-hmm. but you can kind of you can lose touch with yourself, and I think um, I had lost touch with myself a little bit, and it's felt really nice to just have that time to be like, okay, wh- who am I now at thirty-one? Like, what do I like? Well, yeah. I was about
0: to ask you, how do you think you're different now, Kelsey, thirty-one? than that 22-year-old girl who was like at an open mic in Seattle who fell in love?
1: Oh, boy. Heavy um, question. Yeah, it's a good one. We we talked about this um, on Self-Helpless as well recently, uh, just the idea of loving yourself and having self-worth. And I think in my 20s especially, I really looked to external sources to validate that rather than doing a really good job of validating myself. And so um, – And I think relationships are really convenient for that. You've always got, especially if you're living with that person, you've always got somebody right there. Like Mm -hmm. maybe before you post a a video on Instagram, you can just go, hey, like, is this funny to you? And I just got so accustomed to asking other people before Mm -hmm. just asking myself and being like, Mm -hmm. do I like this? Do Mm -hmm. I think this is funny?
0: Finding your own inner voice that does not need to be answered by other people and does not you don't care what the judgment is and just trusting Oof, trusting yourself is so hard
1: trusting yourself well and I think if you don't have the right amount of self-worth and self-love unfortunately in a romantic sense you can be really susceptible to things like love bombing or you know overlooking things mm-hmm. for the sake of oh this person makes me feel really good Mm -hmm. Whereas if you made yourself feel good enough, you Mm -hmm. would probably have a better gauge on like, okay, yeah, like this person is making me feel good, but what else is going on here?
0: It's crazy. I feel like society really does make you look for this like intense, amazing, wild love that like you find happiness with. Like it's so ingrained that like you're going to find happiness. But what's so funny is my healthiest relationship ever. It's not that I was necessarily in like the happiest place, but I was really like tuned into myself and really secure with just like if I was gonna live the rest of my life alone I was okay with that like I love yeah. cats like cats are awesome and you know, <laughs> you know, like I was like why well, do I even what like I wish I could text my cat so bad anyway so you <laughs> <laughs> like the Thank shit you. we would talk about
1: <laughs> I mean oh, they're sassy god.
0: you know they'd be sarcastic and sassy <laughs> oh
1: I just picture their names as contacts in my phone and I'm like oh god I so wish I could do that like when I'm on the road just to be like how are you like was dinner okay like how are how are we feeling today God, I wish that would make me so happy (laughs) but it's
0: like once you come to that conclusion you actually it's like getting a good gift okay actually this is a pretty good metaphor I feel like okay when you (laughs) when you get a gift of something that you need like socks it's nice but like when you get a gift of something you don't need but you just want it's fucking good. So what I'm saying is like, when you feel like you need something, there's like anxiety and it's like stressful and you feel like if you lose it, like there's all, but when it's just like, it's it's like what Cher said, like men are like a dessert. So it's like, I feel like, yes. just, like just like wanting the guy is so much hotter than needing the guy. And I'm not saying you have like a leg up or whatever. No, you both feel the same fucking way that you've yes. chosen each other. Not that it's like this de- codependent or like, Crazy. Just toxic emotions. so that's like my current opinion on things it's like who do you actually want not who your mom wants you to be with not who instagram will think is hot like who do you actually want and know <sighs> that if they left tomorrow you're good and then see yeah. the like emotional stability in it
1: yes and not in a that's bitchy a-
0: way not like you could leave tomorrow i don't give a fuck more just like wow i'm so lucky that this cherry is here yeah. <laughs> on top of stuff okay I just went on a rant but that's how I feel I'm
1: I'm pumping you up for your I love your that dating that's a, that is a great that is a great metaphor
0: do you feel like it's also weird dating in the public eye a little where guys now can google you and find you like just like whoop comics asses and foosball and then they like
1: talk too bad on the first date and you're like oh my god this isn't a podcast yeah <laughs> it's I am I am realizing that not just the public <laughs> aspect of it but um Being just a female comedian, I think sometimes certain men don't know how to, like, initiate a conversation (laughs) or, yeah, true, (laughs) initiate a conversation or, like, be normal. You know, I think they, like, put a lot of pressure on themselves because it's – this is such a male-dominated field, and I think – to do this for a living can come off kind of masculine mm-hmm. and um
0: it's so funny how being funny is considered a masculine quality it's so weird to me but i guess that's like how men would like be charming to women but it's right. like you know that women have been shooting the shit oh my with God. other women since day fucking one fucking, uh, yeah exactly <laughs> but i know men, like is- made some joke to lure them in I always say I hate when guys are like, I want to find girls are like, I want to find someone who makes me laugh. It's like, no, find someone who you laugh at the same time with because that'll that'll last.
1: I remember um, maybe it was a, a magazine interview or something, but Kristen Bell talking about her relationship with Dax Shepard. And she's like, the two things I love the most about us are that um, he makes me laugh and I make him laugh. That always stuck with me where it's like, that is so... And not in a competitive way.
0: No, but... When you're dating a comedian, the important thing too to understand is like there's a difference between like on stage comedy and then like actual comedy chemistry between two people of like... Like there are some people who are so fucking funny, but maybe like on a podcast together, we're just not. And like you really have to find that chemistry of humor between two people and it's a different kind of thing than stand-up. Exactly.
1: And like you said, it's especially with podcasts now, not just the fact that somebody could go online and watch however much of my standup they want to watch, mm-hmm. but I've like doing podcasts like Dr. Drew's podcast. I mean, oh, you yeah, can so intimate. hear some like very intimate things about me sexually, which is like, you know, as I get older in this business, there's times when I'm like, Jesus Christ, Kelsey, like don't say shit like that. <laughs> but I
0: mean, I don't, I'm not there I don't yet, it. but I see that for me in the future.
1: <laughs> I don't regret it or anything, but it's just like it it's intimate and it's something that especially if a potential partner is gonna go listen to before they even have a conversation with you mm-hmm. that's a weird dynamic where um if they're not a public person then you don't know any of that shit mm-hmm. about that
0: a hundred percent and speaking of your videos online i want to address one of them do you have an ibs i do have ibs yes because i'm on this um journey with ibs as in I whenever I'm anxious just like have diarrhea all the time like mm-hmm. pre every before every Cheers. tennis match well your done. girl your girl <laughs> is in the bathroom before every tennis match meditating no i was shitting myself and like <laughs> yeah. i will get even just like overexcited about something like a dog and then just like have to go to the bathroom what is <laughs> <laughs> what's your experience i've not like diagnosed or anything i just thought that i have also i eat just straight cheese all the time and i think okay. i'm lactose intolerant that's a big yeah <laughs> what is your IBS journey <laughs> okay B- fucking
1: strap in here's
0: the here's my journey um, okay, let's not talk about sex poop
1: let's talk about my second let's go straight topic. to poop oh, first of all like let me start from the present day which is I've been vegan now for a year and that has basically eradicated my IBS <gasps> oh
0: no
1: I know I'm sorry I'm sorry I don't want to tell you, I you these things animals you
0: more put... than anything
1: but... you can pretend like I didn't say that okay it, it just has helped me so much because it's like it's eliminated the things that are hard to digest dairy and all that and i've ended up replacing that with so much more fiber than i was before and so Mm. i'm like i'm like clockwork now like i wake up Mm -hmm. it happens and then i'm good for the rest of the day
0: what are some bad ibs experiences you had in the past like how bad was it
1: the story that a lot of people know now is that um when my ex-husband and i were living together we only had one bathroom and he would take these like 45 minute man shits and lock the door. And my IBS, I mean, it still happens like this where I don't have a lot of, I don't have a lot of grace period. Okay. Like when yeah. it's coming, like the, the clock is ticking quick. once yeah. I to feel it. And so I started to feel some, some rumbles and tingles and I texted him. I was like, Hey, like I'm, a, I'm about to shit my pants. And he like would not get out of the bathroom and i um i had to shit in a um cardboard sephora box in my living room um the sephora is what makes it (laughs) the sephora just the glamour of it i changed it to an amazon box for the joke Uh on stage to for the Uh sake of like a punchline at the end but it was a sephora box and um (laughs) that was a low point black and white (laughs) It was so horrifying. You're doing
0: amazing. We're going to wrap up with a final game called The Seven Deadly Sins.
1: Seven Deadly Sins. What are you greedy about? Dessert. I know that's such a basic bitch answer, but like if I I bake cookies, and I know it's an unreasonable amount of cookies for me to hold on to myself, (laughs) I still have a really hard time – just distributing them amongst my family and friends, there I get very golem esque, and I'm like, just freeze them, like just like keep them and parcel them out over the next <laughs> few weeks. I get real, real greedy with dessert. I'm I'm not very good at sharing that.
0: That's so funny. Yeah, that sounds like my dad when there's like a little bit of cake left, and my mom's Italian, so she wants to give it to everyone. He's like, no,
1: no, you're not giving that to anyone. Yeah. I'm like, okay, Dad. Send you a dessert. Who are you envious of? How much time do we have i mean (laughs) no um we were talking before about the self-love self-worth journey Mm -hmm. i am envious of certain girls i see on tiktok that just like truly seem to not give a fuck about what anybody 14 year (laughs) olds 14 year
0: olds (laughs) who haven't gone through puberty fully and they don't know yet the darkness of taxes and that kind of stuff yeah (laughs) i'm jealous of them too (laughs) no you mean like they're kind of like more free I'm envious
1: of people who like, really don't care what other people think of them.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. It's so funny because like, I think I'm there until I get like a, a certain message on <laughs> Instagram. And I'm like, oh, ow. I guess they're right about that. Oh, people's favorite thing with that... Pe- like to, people like to say to me it's like she tries too hard and like i don't even know Ew. what that fully and means no
1: you don't like i'm like, like i
0: mean yeah, i am i am trying i'm trying my hardest but like what is that too like what you don't what like i don't know how to take that criticism to be like do you want me to like not try to make people laugh I
1: like it's just the weirdest know. feedback
0: that i've that's like the one like people will say that but it, they never have any followers so i don't think it counts
1: no, when people say that so to me f- that makes me feel so relieved, actually. It's, it's always just nice <laughs> to hear about other people who hear such, like, weird, shitty things. Because you say it, it's like, no, you don't.
0: Like, that's
1: not even accurate. But if
0: multiple people say it, you start getting worried. You're like, does everyone think that about me? Like, well, three people said it to me, and I'm like, wait, do all my friends
1: think this about me? And no one's told me. <laughs> and just that troll told me. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I have been down that road of like, <laughs> it, even if it's just two people, I'm like, mm-hmm. but what if these are the two people that are just willing to say something and everybody else <laughs> is just a good person who wouldn't tell me? God, it's the it's the worst. It's like, you know, it's like we created a monster with social media. It's like you, you the whole time you're like, I want more followers. I want more followers. And then you get more followers and then you're like, oh God what did I do you don't want
0: it but yeah it's but it's interesting how we we talk a lot about that but a lot of the the trolldom is people first fall in love with you and then they realize that you don't care for them the way they care for you and then they want to take you down that's like just whenever something happens just be like you're obsessed with me but thank you for the comment and engagement what are you gluttonous about so besides dessert what do you overindulge in
1: Oh, again, this is this is real basic bitch stuff, but like, th- definitely social media. I, I mm. have a very hard time limiting myself, mm. and I just cookie monster that I just gobble TikTok and Instagram, and yeah, I do, yeah. I do love a good scroll.
0: But it's also like, as a competitive person, it's nice that there are there's like rules almost. Like, you do something good, and you get this. Um, yes. it's interesting because with, with sports, it's like y- you beat them, you're better than them. Like it's very black and white. So being in a creative place like this, like especially stand up where someone will get an opportunity and it's like they didn't beat you in a match or anything. They just, right. it happened. So sometimes it doesn't make as much sense. But I feel like social media can be fun because it is more of a game. It is. But it also can ruin yeah. your life.
1: <laughs> yeah. Slippery slope.
0: When was the last time you experienced extreme wrath? Because you were a quite pleasant sweet human of what I've experienced of you do you have an angry side like I'd love to see you snap Um, one day
1: (laughs) I definitely can be angry but Mm -hmm. I'm not like I mean you're not gonna see me like
0: key someone's car
1: sure yeah (laughs) like I'm just I don't have that in me (laughs) I don't have that in me but I mean if somebody like really wrongs me i like you know for sure a very angry person, but, um, yeah, not, not like outwardly do Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. How, how are you with, um, dealing with hecklers and stuff? Like does it ever really piss you off? I'm pretty chill about it now. Um, I mentioned touring with Jim and, Mm -hmm. um, he's such a master with hecklers. Mm. And I think I learned a lot from him because he, (laughs) If a heckler shouts something out in the middle of one of his punchlines, one of my favorite things that he would say is, sir, you have the timing of diarrhea in the ninth inning. (laughs) And like he would take a heckler and he could be super angry about it, but he would almost treat them like a silly goose, like, oh, like you are just, you're just so dumb and silly, like shut, shut the fuck up, you know? And I feel like that is more how I've chosen to try and handle things now, where it's almost like kind of, like, make fun of them and just shine a light on how dumb they're being, Mm -hmm. but not make it uncomfortable. Yeah, because once you see, like, a comic
0: actually get unnerved or, like, pissed off, like, I know where it's like, I'm just trying to do this fucking joke and you're fucking
1: it up. And it's like, okay, (laughs) okay. (laughs) I feel like every comic has done that one time and then realized that it's very hard to come back from that. And so you have to try and, which is unfortunate, like you want to
0: again it is like sports where like you want to break your racket or break your foosball um (laughs) like like, you know you can't show that you're like falling apart right now emotionally and you have to keep that calmness to
1: you exactly
0: when was the last time you were a sloth so like a lazy piece of shit because you seem pretty type a i
1: am pretty type a i have a hard time doing nothing and i'm i'm not saying that as like oh i'm so productive that I like don't let myself be like it's like it's like an illness like it, I'm unwell I'm unwell in that way I should take days where I do absolutely nothing but my yeah. that sort of rat race anxiety is in me a lot of the time where I'm like mm-hmm. well if you're doing nothing somebody else is doing something and getting ahead so you better keep you know editing these goddamn tiktok videos and making connor working on your jokes you know well it's hard because i feel like we love what we do as in like
0: i love being creative so when i'm in a bad place i'm like i should be creative but that is my job and people are like don't Make a TikTok tock right now you're so fucking stressed but i'm like no it's what brings me joy <laughs> i know uh, yeah
1: it's god it's so true it's, and then
0: you see a comment you didn't want to see and then it's a it's a spiral um but that's why you issue. have to make more content to get away from that yeah to make fun yep. of yep. it and yeah yep. okay anyway when was the last time you let your pride or your ego get in the way of something like how's how's your ego doing
1: i feel like my pride popped up maybe a month ago But not in a... I don't think it was in a bad way. I'm actually happy that it popped up in this way, which sounds so egotistical. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I feel like, it was amazing how it popped up. But I think comics in general have a tendency to undersell ourselves or do things that, yeah, self-sabotage or we don't truly think that we're worth being treated well in, in a business sense. And so... I, I was supposed to go to Montana for um, some shows and my flights got canceled. There was this whole huge snowstorm. And basically I flew and I was in this, I was stuck in the SeaTac airport for 10 hours <gasps> and only to just turn around after those 10 hours and fly back home. And the booker was like, uh, I was up in Washington at the time and the booker was like, oh, how do you feel about waking up and driving here tomorrow morning? And it was going to be like a six hour drive in a snowstorm, mm-hmm. and a younger me would have just gone like, "Fuck, I, I, I just have to do this because that's what you do. Like, you hustle and you get there and you fulfill your commitment and whatever." Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, you know what? That is just no like that's just a terrible idea and it's also you putting boundaries on yourself like having having that respect to have boundaries yeah yeah i didn't tell i wasn't like this is a terrible i just said you know i really i don't think i'm capable of doing that tomorrow i Mm -hmm. don't think that would be safe for me um and it sucks sometimes to even be put in those positions where you have to make that decision yeah yeah and but um that was a time recently where pride and ego kind of came into it a little bit of like you know what
0: I, but you also really listen to your authentic voice like in the past yeah. you'd hear like people saying like you don't work hard enough or like people who don't think that you hustle enough or that you deserve it are you getting enough shows you just in your own voice were like yeah i'm not sacrificing my life for this right
1: and even still even after having enough pride to keep myself safe i totally had those voices of self-doubt like mm-hmm. oh god are people gonna think i'm not a hard enough worker because i yeah. didn't go do this and we ended up being able to do it virtually and it all worked out and it was great but like it is hard. I I do find it hard to, to do that sometimes.
0: Yeah. Did you also feel like in terms of relationships, you've kind of always had someone (laughs) and now do you feel like different in that? Like now you're alone and where you, your ego is now of like that your self-worth is as big without someone or with someone?
1: I think I just saw a great, TikTok video on this, so these aren't even my words. I'm just echoing what somebody else said. Mm-hmm. That in our society, I think we all place a lot of importance and a lot of value on being in a, in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I have totally felt that my my whole life, and felt like that that makes you better in a way. Like if you're in a relationship, that means that you know you've got that part of your life kind of checked off.
0: Our final question is, when was the last time you lusted over someone? So, like, do you have a celebrity crush or, like, a random barista that, like, you want to have sex with? What's happening? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's such a funny... Either I know, celebrity I was like, crush so
0: yeah.
1: or, like, Jacob's Java drive through <laughs> Like, who? You don't know who will turn you on at the moment. <laughs> celebrity crushes, I... My longtime celebrity crush has been Johnny Depp for, I mean, mm. I just.
0: I think he's it, single.
1: I'm pretty sure. I mean. And I think you're his type based on his last relationship. I don't think. Uh, yeah. Not, not the same. Not, not the same emotionally, feelings. but physically. <laughs> not the same feelings I have anymore. But oh, I wow. like but like Pirates of the Caribbean, Johnny. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that was my thing. Um. <laughs> And yeah, I mean, Chris Hemsworth will Mm -hmm. always be super fucking hot to me. So
0: you like him over Liam? Yes. Oh, wow. Interesting. I'm a Liam. I I, lean towards Liam. I guess this is where we differ.
1: Who am I kidding? I would happily take
0: (laughs) either. I can't be like, well. (laughs) At the same time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. What a dream.
0: (laughs) No, those are great. Those are great. So our final question um, that all the little devils love to know is, what is your ultimate piece of advice of what you do to cope with your hell? When you're in the darkness, when you're feeling the lava, heat.
1: There's a great quote. and Have you heard of the Desiderata? No. It's um, it's basically like a poem, but it's, it's got a ton of great life advice packed into this poem. And part of it says, um, if you compare yourself, you may become vain or bitter for always there will be greater and lesser persons than yourself. Mm. And I think if you're in entertainment, a lot of the hell you can feel is comparing yourself to others and feeling that you're not good enough and you're not doing enough and that is always kind of a good reminder for me to zoom out and just realize that no matter what no matter how far you get in your career no matter what you do there will always be people that are ahead of you and there will always be people that are coming up um that have not like done as much as you yet
0: and also thinking in this industry like imagine you'd be jealous of yourself if you were like 22. (laughs) right like so like you're where (laughs) you would have been jealous before and i do think the people around you like letting them inspire you and letting them like build paths and like, yeah, I find it, it's like the rule of um manifesting just like the more positivity towards other people, the more positivity ultimately comes for you. Cause if you're constantly rooting against other people, like you're not even rooting for yourself at some point.
1: Yeah. It's that's not a good, it's not a good um, frequency
0: yes. to be living
1: at, you know, that's not a good energy not to sound super LA, but Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) it's, it's your perspective. If you feel like shit and you're looking at other people in a shitty way, you're probably not looking at yourself in a great way either.
0: Yes. Yes. So we love a positive frequency on this pod. Kelsey, Mm -hmm. give me the goods. Where can people follow you, watch you listen to you? Give me everything.
1: Yeah. So my Epic special premieres on Friday, February 26th. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Comedy. Same for TikTok. Um, so my funny. website is Kelsey. Oh, thank you. Um, my website is KelseyCook.com. And I was able to just start adding some tour dates again um, now that comedy clubs are able to kind of safely open in a limited capacity. So uh, go to KelseyCook.com. I'm coming to Philly soon, DC, Tacoma, Spokane, Appleton. Um, lots of dates coming up. So Where in Philly? Um, uh, the Helium.
0: Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Also,
1: Self-Helpless Podcast. Yes. Listen to to my episode
0: here. back then. Hannah
1: Hannah had (laughs) a great episode. Yes, Self-Helpless Podcast, anywhere you listen to podcasts.
0: Amazing. Well, thanks so much. And guys, I'll chat with you later in hell. Bye.